Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Mini PC Show. Big Talk Small Computers or Small Machines. Big Talk Small Machines. Did I do that wrong? And this is episode 112, Burning Off the Charts, brought to you by Isle of Tiki. Door-to-door geek, my best friend in the whole world. How the heck are you? Hey, um, I'm doing pretty good, I'll say, Rich. I'm, I'm, I keep doing exercising. I'm in much less physical pain. Uh, still hurts, but I'm still in much less physical pain. Um, I will thank uh, Isle of Tiki. He's been a really nice guy. He also sent me hardware that I'm going to send to uh, Jonathan Nadeau, who is in need of a computer uh, since his newest one was like seven years old. Uh, so thank you, Isle of Tiki. Uh, you're going to enable me to hook him up. Um, you mean my BFF, Jonathan Nadeau, I haven't talked to in years? What a great guy. Um, un- unbelievably good guy is the way I'll put it. Um, also, I wanted to say thanks to um, Bill M., uh, the newest Patreon, uh, as of 8-10, August the 10th, was just a couple days ago. Uh, if you want to support this show directly, and make sure, no matter what, this show does remain completely ad-free. It's really easy. Just click in the notes the link that goes to patreon.com slash the mini PC show. Uh, I want to thank everybody for their support uh, moving forward. And I'm going to take a pause and say uh, thank you to Jeff H. Um, in Texas. Uh, he sent me a genuine Pine phone. Now, what I'm not sure about the Pine phone is the exact number of versions they are. I know there's the Braveheart edition. Um, and then there's, I think, the one right before is what I have, the UB ports version of it, uh, which is a real, honest to goodness, phone running native Linux on it. And I, I, I didn't know this. You could actually run Android on this thing if you wanted. <laughs> How cool. I'm not sure why you would. Well, it's still cool to have the option. Hey, look, after it's not useful as a phone, then you can just run, uh, you know, Android on it. Right. And I will say, um, I did listen to today um, Linux Lugcast, all one word, L-I-N-U-X-L-U-G-C-A-S-T. Uh, and a guy who I trust his judgment a lot, um, named Honky Magoo, which is also a fantastic name, um, mentioned on the show how he was running different versions on his Pine phone and his experience with it. I've only had this now maybe just under a week is what I'll say. Uh, I haven't had time to put a lot of operating systems on it, but I've been pleasantly surprised by at least a couple of them. Uh, he has much more experience with it. So if you want to know uh, an individual's hands-on experience with the Pine phone, you should check out Lennox Lugcast. Uh, I did shoot him an email today asking which operating systems I should put on the phone, which operating systems should I play with. Hopefully I'll have time to do that before we record next. And one thing I failed to mention, uh, probably one of the best experiences of my life was hanging out partially drunk while you and Jonathan were totally drunk. And Jonathan was leading you around Boston because you had no idea where you're going. And for those who aren't in the know, Jonathan is blind. Certifiable, 100%, can't see nothing, yet he knew exactly where I was supposed to go. (laughs) Yeah, and between us, he said he wants to start to do a movie type podcast he said he's already been in the works for starting up a movie festival like a amateur movie festival kind of thing so that's going to be my excuse hopefully uh in 2021 to go up there and say hi wait, wait, wait. Are you're going across enemy lines into boston um i'm from maryland every place is an enemy line <laughs> um but i will say we haven't had a show for at least three weeks. My sense of time is very horrible. If you are a Patreon supporter and you feel like you got ripped off and you want your money back, just let me know. Shoot me an email, uh, geek at gmail.com. I don't want anyone to feel like you know, they're not getting their worthiness out of it. Um, had to put it in there. 
if if I supported you, I'd be bitching right now. Well, because somebody said to me that they were listening to another podcast and they went like three months and they kept collecting their Patreon money and yet they put nothing out. And, I, and then I stopped and thought, oh, my Lord, I think I might have did that myself. Dory, but it turns out, put out. But, it, but it turns out I didn't do it that long. Dory, you know where I am? Uh, I'm not sure. You know where I am? You're not behind me, I hope. Did I lose connectivity? I can still hear you. Can you still hear me? Did I lose my connection? I don't know if you lost your connection. I can still hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was walking to get a beer, but you didn't say, oh. you know, when I said, do you know where I am? You didn't answer. I thought I lost connection. I did. I just said, I hope that, I hope that you're not standing behind me. Oh, okay. Oh, well, then, then I won't get a beer. I got the koozie out. Well, you can, because uh, I will say, in, when I, when I, one thing I am going to do moving forward, and I think I might have said this before, but I got to make sure, every single link that comes across my stream that I deem could be talked about in any given episode will be in every episode moving forward. So right now we haven't done a show uh, since it was Ju July uh, 15th. So every single link I've captured from that date till tonight will be in the show notes for you to peruse as a listener. If you want to look through the notes and say, Hey, you're stupid. Why didn't you talk about X? Hey, why don't you talk about B? Hey, how about, why kind of thing. Uh, you can do that. And I will uh, encourage people to actively participate in what you hear because you're listening and you should hear what you want to hear. All right. There's only one link I care about and I don't see where it is. If a tree falls in the wood and no one hears it, did it really fall? It depends. Was its spouse yelling at it? Well, there's a magic keyboard combination called Control, Control F that F might help. Or Splat F if, if you're in the Mac world like me. I don't know, but while you look, I'll say uh, the very first two links in the notes, 122 and 123, uh, this interested me because I, I really do consider myself more of a gray beard kind of nerd. Um, and what it is, is people are trying to put native like Debian, like the granddad of operating systems on the Pine phone, and it's called Mobian. And supposedly it's already made great progress in the first couple of weeks, but I don't expect anything on this phone to be like ready for non-intelligent end users for like three years, th three to four years. So it isn't like in the, in the next couple months, this phone has any chance of like taking over the world. You know, I, I got to think about that because uh, one of my big complaints is they've dumbed computer UIs down so far that the normal human, I'm sorry, the normal techie that's been around since DOS can virtually not use it because it doesn't work normal like you would expect. And, you know, the Mac OS is, first was the worst at that, but Windows 10 isn't too far behind. Well, the only thing that comes to mind is uh, Star Trek and Scotty or Star Trek The Next Generation and Jordy LaForge because they were the only ones who knew how anything worked. Everybody else just asked the computer what to do, and whenever something didn't work, well, we got to call up somebody else. Hey, yeah, I... I, I'm just so ticked off at, I, I know, you know, I live and play in the Mac world uh, a lot. Um, I'm just so ticked off at, like, if I want to see the TCP IP stack in Windows 10, and I'm sorry, my day job, I use Windows 10. And I'm like, how the frick do I get there to find it? it um, I, I had to spin up a Windows 10 VM today, and I tried to do something, it, and I'm looking... It says, oh, uh, if you want to, you know, share the drive on the network or find other network resources, you have to turn network something on. It's like, well, if you know what I need, make it a clickable link. You know, it gave me the text, and then it said, go fish. I'm like, serious? Well, 
what kind of moron does that? Like, if, if I was writing software and my software gave you the right message and said, you need to look here without the link on how to look here, I would have been fired. Right. Uh, I'm going to guess I know exactly what one you were looking at. It's line 165 in the notes. Um, and it's on LinuxGizmos.com, which to me is almost one of them old faithful sites that's been around forever that I keep finding myself going to, even if it's 2020. And it's uh, under $100 kit clusters, five Raspberry Pis species. It was uh, published August the 10th. Um, we've seen a lot of these clustering type solutions. What I don't like is when they go to the two extremes where they literally give you next to nothing and expect you to supply everything onto it, or it costs $500. And there's really not much that is in between. This one is $99. I think it's a touch pricey, but it's not crazy pricey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. I'm, dude, I am the king of thrift. And uh, I think $99 is not pricey at all. Because the last cluster something I remember was like, it was, you could run four or five Pi Zeros, it was like four or $500, and it didn't include the Pi Zeros, and it didn't include anything else. All right, so um, this one, uh, if I'm reading right, you're getting some fans, you're getting the hardware to do the standoffs, you're getting the power distribution, and you're getting a power controller board, and the power board has a barrel jack, so you can use one of your old laptop's power supplies. So it takes anything from 12 to 24 volts, and most of those laptop power supplies are 19 volts. Um, which, so what you need to add to this to make it work is Raspberry Pis, uh, a switch. You know, you're going to need a, like an eight-port switch, I guess, because you're going to want to get off the network, um, which is 50 bucks. And so some Ethernet cabling and, you know, a salvage yard Oh, you're killing me. You got a second beer there. I'm definitely taking a beer break. I um, talked for a while. I tried to let you go. All right. All right. Next time you talk for a while, just wave so I know. And I, I kind of like the way they do the power distribution because they have a PC board with 90 degree uh, headers on it. So it snaps into uh, the 40 pin array. You There is some intelligence on the controller board, so on the power board, I don't know if it has, um, I think it's an Amtel chip on there. So I think there is a CPU on the power control board that may do something, but it doesn't have ethernet. There is a USB cable. I'm not exactly sure what that is. But so you get fans, power board, power distribution, and the standoffs to make your cluster stack. Uh, for a hundred bucks, there's easily 50 bucks worth of raw material in there. Um, you know, I don't know if they're getting their boards done at PCB way or, you know, one of these, uh, cheapy places, but I, this is the first off, this is the first kit that sub $200. There, there are many kits that are, are multiple hundred dollars more. Um, I'm, I haven't done much work on my cluster. I've done some 3d designs and I, I think you published the link in one of the shows when I talked about it. Uh, Ooh, and I got a new 3d printer to print the crap because i've been having a high failure rate with my current printer and i'm just sick of it gotcha gotcha well i mean i don't believe any fans are included fans are cheap fans are a buck a pop so i'm not worried about the fans um i like the fact that all the communication between all of the boards are through the gpio pins 
That to me well, is that, I don't believe much... that's communication. I believe that's uh, power, and I think it's like maybe reboot that kind of thing. It's it's all the communication goes through there. Um, that's what the GPIO pins are for. Um, kind of thing. Um, instead of being lazy and having everything go through Ethernet, because my belief is I want Ethernet to be available for something else, not just to be talking between the clusters. Every other clustering solution I ever saw has nothing going to the pins, and they only go through right. the NIC. Uh, now, I know it had to cost them money to get that main board designed, fabricated, and made. So I'm okay covering that kind of cost. What I would hope is, you know, three to six months, they sell enough that they can rev it a little bit, make it a little bit tighter, make it a little bit more solid, and possibly bring the price down like 10 bucks. Then maybe like in a year from now, they can have it down to like 50 to 60 bucks. Because then you would see people putting these things up, I think, all the time. See, I... I'm disagreeing with you a little bit. Uh, this, in my mind, is a buy at 99 bucks. So when are you going to buy it? Uh, I'm building my own. But if I didn't have plans, I, if I didn't have the design and all the plans to build my own, I, I would definitely go for this. This is, this is a definite go for. I just, I, I just don't like the idea of the clustering communications going through a network cable. It, to me, just seems messy. Where with the pins, I would expect it to be... I don't want to say faster, I, but I don't less know. lag. Yeah, I'm not sure what the comparison is on speed on that, because I would have guessed it would be faster over Ethernet, uh, but just my wild, my swag. And then if you go down further in the same article, they show you that they like are supporting like open communities to build like 3D print solutions around their thing, which is what oh, I like about is it. is that what the fans are? Okay, all right. Yeah, and to design something like that, print it out yourself, and get the fans yourself might be two to two to three bucks. Yeah, depending on where you get it from. Yes. Yeah, so I definitely like seeing people innovate with these kinds of things. It's very good stuff, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, all right. So I didn't get that 3D printed case with fans. All right, because I did click through to their website and I could see that those parts were 3D printed. Anyhow, um. Even if it's just, uh, you know, the standoffs and the power board and the, you know, power riser, I, I still think it's a decent deal. Compared gotcha, gotcha. to, you know, in the past, realistically, in the past, all the other things, all they did was power distribution. They really didn't do a whole lot, and they charged a lot of money for that. I, I will agree. A lot of my saw I just thought were crazily priced, where I don't know what mm -hmm. market they were shooting for. I'm going to guess it was like more of an enterprise type market. Uh, I'm guessing it's a college that had a budget and didn't know what they were doing. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, the next one then I'm going to talk about for a minute then is um, line 129 in the notes, and it's only because it's Ozdroid. I've been completely, I say, infatuated with, realistically, Raspberry Pi and what they're doing, the attention that they're getting. I'm a really fan of Pine64 for their transparency, openness, and ridiculous ability to just keep innovating on top of innovating on top of innovating, but then also Odroid. Um, and I like Odroid because there are no frills. They're, they're like very clean designs. Uh, they don't go overboard with any one like thing, but then they give you just really nice solid hardware and they're, re and they're revving the Odroid N2 to make a, a on, brand new on. Do you see N2 me on the plus. camera? Because I don't see me on the camera. Yeah. That's my Odroid N2, not that one that we're showing. So I'm a little butthurt here. I'm a little butthurt that I don't have the biggest, baddest, fastest. Well, you can put it on uh, Facebook Marketplace or something, maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, so the way I look at it, it's nicer, 
Um, in my situation that I don't have one, I don't know if I'm, you know, going to jump ship. Uh, but we'll see. You know what? I, I, I think my Odroid XU4 is kind of at its limits, and I, I want to swap out my N2 for my Odroid XU4. Well, and I'll say it like this. Um, it's one of those things, it's difficult. If somebody tries to ask me which one's better, I can't give anybody a straight answer. Anybody who does give a straight answer to that question does not understand how any technology works because the XU4 is good at some things and the N is good at some things. It depends on what you want to do. Um, I do like the fact, I do like the form factor of this one because it, in the pictures, I always think it's a little bit bigger than what, what it looks. But I do like the fact that it has four genuine USB 3.0 ports on it. The processor actually didn't get a bump. The impression I got when I watched the video from ETA Prime was it's the exact same processor. They just raised the governor on how high that the, um, um, the uh, frequencies can be. It can go up to 2.2, 2.4 on the big side and 2.0 on the little side. Uh, you can get a two gig version starting, I want to say 60 something dollars, all the way up to a four gig of RAM version. Um, this was one of the better things on Oh, and it has a genuine um, real-time clock battery uh, holder for like your normal kind of battery. Um, if you want to do like high definition streaming, 4K, 60 frames a second streaming of videos, or you want to emulate the highest of the uh, games, then th this is a really good choice for the O. But if you want to do like extreme multi-processing, uh, the XU4 is probably a little bit better. Okay, so this thing, how big is it? It's smaller than a sandwich, basically. Yeah, all right, so buying tips on this. If you go to um, Ameridroid, they have it with the case and a power supply in some sort of bundle. So definitely look around because you can find a better deal than, I think, if you just buy it a la carte. Well, if you're in North America, yes, go to a uh, Ameridroid. You'll save a lot of money and get excellent customer service. Um, it is 100 millimeters by 91 millimeters and only 20 millimeters high. Yeah, so it's like 80% the size of a sandwich. Are you sure we're streaming on YouTube? Because I just see nothing. I see a chat, but I don't see video going. I was so stressed and worried. Door -door geek. I was so stressed and worried about hitting record, which I did. I forgot to hit go live, but we still have everything recorded. So we have that going for ourselves, which is something. So they missed the first like 10, 15 minutes. Okay. To the live listener, we talked about Debian Mobian for the Pine phone. We talked a little bit about the Pine Book Pro, uh, Odroid N2 Plus upgrade. All it really is is a re revision in the governor on the processor to let it go faster. And then we also talked about a under $100 Raspberry Pi cluster kit that Rich says, if you want to do a cluster, you haven't started it yet, go get it. Good recap. Now can I run and get the beer? Yep, yep. Oh. Uh, here's another manufacturer that I will say has caught my eye. Um, and they caught my eye because I'm not sure if they're going to be able to you know, make it into the big time like everyone else. Uh, but it is a super incredibly, ridiculously tiny dual gig uh, single board computer. Uh, it's a dual LAN SBC with RK3328 starts at 24 friggin' dollars. That is amazing as far as I'm concerned. And, and USB 3, right? Yeah, it's by RADXA, 
Radka, I think is how it's pronounced. And I've seen them for a couple years. They haven't did anything that really impressed me a lot, is what I'll say. But they seem like they're at least trying to compete. Um, this one is called the uh, Rock Pie E, as in Edward. Uh, it is a quad core 3328 with the two gigs of RAM. This it's thing two is gigs. so that's yeah. serious. I know, and it's super ridiculously tiny. The 512 uh, megs of uh, RAM is 24 bucks. The one gig of RAM, 28 bucks. I don't see why wouldn't you get the one gig? Yeah, exactly. Um, Power this thing... Ethernet also. That is yeah. that's cool. Yeah, and and this thing is so teeny tiny. You could literally easily have it in your pocket is the way i'll put it all right and for those of you that are look at the price of power over ethernet routers and think they're way over expensive you can get a power over ethernet injector adapter pretty cheap like if you look around on either amazon or ebay yeah i heard that um it it uh will let you power it over usb-c it says yeah there's a uh c adapter right there Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, this thing to me, with a dual gig NIC this tiny, you could easily have this hanging in air quotes off your network connected to a massive hard drive where all you're doing is just scraping your network and analyzing traffic to make you know sure things are running safe, things are running right, and do some administration along the way. All right, so uh, what is the... Oh, PFSense. So the... Intel PFSense is uh, freely downloadable, but the ARM one is not, if I recall correctly. It, it'd be nice if there was something like PFSense for ARM that you could use, because that would be fantastic for it also. Uh, I mean, they have distributions that I, and I, and I can't, if I say PFSense like I'm lying, I'm lying, okay? They're not as good as PFSense, but there are distributions that do exist that try to have as much ARM compatibility compatibility that try to do stuff that's like pfsense but yeah it's really difficult to get the um the fit and finish and the polish of something like that but yeah i love the fact that you know you listen to the wrong stuff out there whether it be news article headline blog website or podcast or youtube series and you'll only hear people talking about the raspberry pi 4 or only about some multi-hundred dollar thing that does this one thing i like the fact that you come to this show and we can talk about super cheap 24 dollar dual nick uh computers that literally could change the way your edge network your home network your isolated iot network can run um these are the kind of things that are just to me sexy as hell Oh, yeah. And this is one of these things I want to buy. I'm not sure what I have a use for. It's not like, you know, 26, 28 bucks, whatever it is, is hurting me. Uh, I just don't need other boxes, stuff I'm not going to open yet. In fact, I probably five weeks now, I've had two 8 gig Raspberry Pi 4s still in the box, haven't opened it yet. Well, and I'll say that to me was like how it used to be back in the beginning with... Um the raspberry pi you would get one buy one just because you thought it was cool it wasn't that you knew what you were going to do with it um mm -hmm. so i'm just happy that other people are doing it and, and there is a second link uh little putin also went over this board and i think i don't want to say they do better coverage uh but i like the way that they do coverage but yeah um there was a hell of a lot and i will say um every month or so i'm sorry every month uh, the Pine 64 company does what they do is like a monthly update where they, again, try to be as transparent about everything as possible. Um, 
Line 128 in the notes, Rich, was where they give all the updates about all the hardware, uh, where they let people know about uh, all the changes that are happening because of uh, the COVID, what are the timings, what's late, what's delayed, what's being rushed, what's coming out, what is the success stories, and stuff like that. Um, If you're at all interested on the development that goes on, uh, you need to check these out. Um, This posting was expensive explicitly about the pine tab and some of the uh things that they've had to change on it moving forward um trying to be as honest with everyone as possible yeah so like right here they admit there's a week a seven day delay because the uh original manufacturer of the lcd panel decided to end of life the model that they were ordering so they figured well now let's order from somebody correct and get stuff so we're assured to have the same hardware moving forward um I like how open that they're being. I don't think my refrigerator in the garage is getting the beer as cold as it should be. Well, there's a couple of solutions you can do to that, but, you know, they take time. Yeah, I could turn the knobby. Yeah, my kid won't stop turning the knobby. Um, yes, I know I said that. Uh, line 139 <laughs> in the notes, Rich. Um, this is another one that caught my eye. Uh, Rock Pie, in general, I like how they're basically being like the scrappy underdogs people put, putting out things. Um, and there's the Rock Pi 4C SBC with 4 gigs of RAM, Dude. HDMI port, and display port launched for $59 running the RK3399 processor in it. Um, there's no reason why this board could not be supported for four to five years with updates. I wonder why they didn't go to HDMI and why they're, you know, it's, so it's like micro HDMI and display port. Well, I'll say the one thing I know about DisplayPort that I like is you can daisy chain it where you have basically a Y cable. You come out of the computer, you go into the other monitor, and there's a cable coming out of that that you can put to another monitor. And technically, even on low-end stuff, you can daisy chain most of the time like four to six different monitors. With HDMI, it's more standard. I guess it's easier to just plug up. But it's that damn mini HDMI that I hate, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, I digress. Um, so yeah, it has the RK thirty three ninety nine processor, which I'm I'm still a huge fan of. The um Mali T eight six four GPU, I believe, is basically what everyone is using on the thirty three. Right. Does it come with 99. that massive heatsink? Uh, I'm ninety nine percent sure. Yes, it does. That's that's wow. Yeah, it's like a huge chunk of aluminum. Yeah, but it, it looks like, based on that photo, that it only has contact on the CPU and not the memory. And and if the memory doesn't need the cooling, I'm, I'm assuming it doesn't because it doesn't look like it has contact area there. But that, uh, you know, I'm thinking back to my car hot rodding days. It's like you always increase the number of quarts of oil in the car, but basically once it's warm, it really doesn't make a difference. Uh, only if you start running out of oil. But... Um, a big heat sink helps. It's how good are the fins at radiating the heat, dissipating the heat. Gotcha, gotcha. But, you know, my rough guesstimate. In, so uh, my data cabinet, I just have a 100 millimeter fan over hanging there over some single board computers and they have heat sinks on them. So I guess with the least amount of air moving, that should do pretty good. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, there's also the, um, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, Rich, the Up Extreme Light. No, I, I don't think we talked about it, period. 
Uh, line one forty five or one forty six. They both seem to be talking about it there. Um, the long and the short to the new listener, the Upboard was one of the first board developers I know of that were offering uh, Raspberry Pi form factor computers, but they were genuine Intel based processors. Um, that's not common in this world. Um, they're coming out with the X Up Extreme Light, and it said it's going to. Uh, lack a few a few of the features on the more pricier models it's going to be a 4.8 inches by 4.7 which is definitely bigger than a raspberry pi not at all big though is what so i'll say so it's nook sized um, if i mean it looks like the up squared size yeah i think that's safe to say okay and, and in the text says size of an intel nook gotcha and the processor will be all the way from an intel celeron to an intel core i7 all right. What well, what's the price on the i7? Because that that's where where the money hits the road, rubber hits the road. All right, yeah, two ninety nine and up. So we're that's fair. Uh, all right. So here's my beef with the upboards, and don't get me wrong. I have two of them. I have the first one, and I bought the max RAM I could get, and I have the up squared, and I bought it as decked out as possible. You know, CPU, RAM, everything. So I, I bought the top of the line model on both. Um. The problem is when you get to competitive pricing with a Nook, and this thing doesn't include a case, power supply, blah, uh, that you would need. So I think the RAM is on board. So that's the only thing different than a Nook if you buy a Nook bare bones. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to compete with the butcher who's raising... Yes the meat himself, you know, raising the cows himself kind of thing. So it's really, it's really going to be difficult for anybody to be better priced than an Intel NUC. So they're going to have to try to shoot for some other tangent that they, you know, can beat them out on. And I love the fact that this one has stuff like NVMe slots and it has all these mm -hmm. uh, di different IO options. I'm clicking through to their store. I'm afraid to. Um, while you do that, I'm going to talk about line one, 49 i believe real quick and it's only because i mean this is 2020 why did it take this long um nine to five lennox uh has an article where they're talking about carbian okay carbian 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 k-a-r-m-b-i-a-n carbian it's basically cali lennox actually made and designed and everything for arm-based distribution so now we have like a more in air quotes official Kali Linux for Armbian type build system. Um, this is every security researcher's dream. The ability to have a super small device, super cheap device to literally plug up someplace and walk away and then come back a couple days later and pick back up and see what you found. Okay, so I clicked through other website. Upsquared pack, APL4 blah, 8 gig of memory, 128 gig EMMC 419. You're you're in Nook territory. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. Of course, I'm, I'm trying to click through figure out what processor that is. But yeah, top of the line is 419, bottom of the line is 229. So if you're buying what you need, uh, you, you might get a deal. Right. So yeah, if you want to run Kali on your Raspberry Pi, check out Carbian, K-A-R-M-B-I-A-N. And you can, you know, do, do yourself some exploiting and hacking. Please, please, please just do it on your own network unless you have explicit written permission from the owner of the network that you're on. Yeah, you want to live to hack another day. I mean, be free to hack another day. I, I'm very, you know, 
it's very exciting when you have a lot of four gig single board computers. Uh, you got a number of them with dual displays. I'm just looking through the list here. It's a real good time. Just wait. Um, around this time next year, we're going to start seeing um, boards with up to 12 gigs. Because I expect before December, we're going to start seeing a couple eight giggers. Um, we're 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 going to have even more like NVMe slots and options mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, here's my what I'm thinking about, and you know, there's been a lot of rumors. Why would Raspberry Pi come out with an eight gig single board computer unless they had some killer app planned for that? Because I, you know, when the eight gig board came out, don't get me wrong, I got two of them, and I've been counting on what I'm about to say. Uh, there was talk when VMware came out with version 7 that there would be a release in that same time of a Raspberry Pi version of VMware. And it would make sense to me that they would need at least 8 gigs of RAM to make it useful. And uh, VMworld's coming up, it's going to be virtual, and I, I think pretty much anybody could sign up for it uh, for free. And I'm anticipating with VMworld that they may be announcing, um, you know, that they, they have a public release or a public beta of a Raspberry Pi OS. Yeah, I mean, I'm to the point to where now I'm just going to ask you, please don't hold your breath on that. <laughs> well, they've had, you know, they've had, I don't know if you want to call it alpha, but they, they, they claimed two years ago at VMworld in Vegas that they had it running on a Raspberry Pi, and that was part of their keynote speech. Um, the unfortunate thing is when I walked in the back to finally find where they had it running, the guy really didn't know what a Raspberry Pi was, and they had some, you know, heavy-duty arm, you know, not-quite-rack-mount machine. And I'm like, all right, where's the download? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I want to try it out. He's like, yeah, it's not available. I'm like, how do I get on the list to get it available? And it was really just window dressing. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, uh, like, a, a side thing I just want to mention, even though... I'm old. My eyes are bad. Uh, I probably couldn't find this useful at all. Uh, it's still, I think, really cool. Line 163 in the notes. Um, node, N-O-D-E. It stands for something. N period, O period, D. I don't know what it is. Whatever. Um, they keep innovating on uh, some of their hardware products that they would like to see become real. Uh, one of them is called the um, Zero Terminal. They're up to the Zero Terminal V3. And basically, it looks like a a phone about as thick as a USB port with just a little bit extra thickness on the top and bottom. And what it actually is, it's actually a Raspberry Pi Zero sandwiched in this super small compartment. There's like two or three custom little boards on it. Uh, a uh, Basically a phone screen on it is what, what they bought for it. Um, and it has a couple more IO tricks up its sleeve to where you can connect uh, pin modules to the back of it and basically turn into like a modular computing type system. Um, I like the idea of having root owning being the master of my domain kind of thing on a pocketable computer like this. Um, the the screen though is like so small. I don't know if I could ever find an actual use case for it. I, I think it's stink cool. I'm yeah. Use case. Hmm. Well, I mean, I could see, let's just say it like this offloading things 
that I would consider personal and private that I wouldn't want to have available to any application on my phone or any owner of my phone's operating system uh, and just have it like on the side. And then when I get to where I want to go, you could literally pull this out of your pocket and hook it up to an external monitor because it does have an HDMI port on it. And you can actually use it like a, I want to say Chromebook type speed and performance. But really, if you have more than one tab on like a browser, I'm pretty sure it would go pretty slow. Uh, one of the like uh, modules they were ex- thinking could be cool was literally you connect to the back a uh, slide out keyboard, but the other one was literally slapping it into basically a game controller to where you could use it as a computer or slap it into this other ecosystem because there's pinholes on the back of the box and like basically turn it into something else. Well, I, I think, look, if this was a design thesis, I, I think the guy should get an A. Um, usefulness in the real world? I I think it's cool as heck. And don't get me wrong, if you gave me one, I'd love it to death. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if I'm buying it. Well, I'll say this. If you would have seen the version 1, you'd be even more impressed. Because the version 1 looked really bad, uh, is what I'll say. In the nicest way I can. It looked very clunky, very junky, very hacky. This looks far more polished than it did. Hopefully they'll make it to version 4. Hopefully they'll make it to version 5 and you know, make it more usable, more functional, uh, with more I.O. in and out of it. Oh, I, I think it's cool. I, I definitely think it's cool. Uh, okay. There was two stupid things I wanted to talk about. Um, one of them was, um, you know, one of them was here, line 165 in the notes. Uh, this was on The Verge, which I really don't like linking to, but I am. Um, basically, it's a folding e-reader that can also take notes now this is now listen if you're just hearing this this is an ugly device it is blocky it is chunky the borders on the sides are like an inch and a half big the bezels um it's not sexy at all but i like the idea the concept of having a foldable device aka when it's folded closed the screen won't get scratched i can then open it up have e-ink pdfs on the back technical documents and then write notes basically on a layer on top of them and save them as a document oh i think it's cool as hell but i wouldn't buy this version i'd wait for version two i might wait for version like four because um the the ultra janky thing was how uh the reading light folds down i was like oh i know part of me is like they're trying to be cute about it or something i don't know um I understand why they did it, because with e-ink, there is no backlight. But it's just one of those things that just made me uncomfortable. Yep. So, Dor, is this the joke that we're both drinking Coronas? You're not hitting the keyboard. Sorry about that. Um, the next one, I just wanted to mention really quick, even though this is more laptop or smartphone technology, I can see this affecting single board computing devices in the future, and that was line 163. Uh, LG shows off a 13.3-inch flexible display for a laptop screen. Um, It's hard to tell how thick of a device this is, is the first thing I'll say. Um, But if they can get this working on a laptop, which is bigger, it's going to take them time to basically shrink everything down to make it to where I could literally have a folding screen Raspberry Pi Zero type device in my pocket. But this is showing you it's it's an idea that could actually happen. All right. I don't like the way they did this. And I'll tell you why I don't like the way they did this. Because 
I'm not sure how useful this is. Basically, what it looks like to me is the uh, Mac. Wait, what is it where they have the touch screen uh, with, you know, on the keyboard instead of your function keys, they got the row? Yeah, the function row. Whatever you call it, yeah. I, well, on the right know, side, this row is like three times taller. Yeah. You know, more suck doesn't make it better. And here's the thing. Every manufacturer right now has already released or came out with a laptop that doesn't have a flexible screen. From towards you out, you have the bezels, you have your trackpad, mousepad, you have your keys, and above your keys is a screen. And then you hit the hinge, and then you have the actual screen on top. I've seen now at least 20 of them. I'm not going to say I like them, Rich, but everyone thinks it's a future moving forward. And Windows already said that that they will support it as, like, basically the start menu. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Windows 10 start menu anyhow. It doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Like, the Windows, Windows 7, I liked. Windows XP, I liked. I don't get this. I'm I'm just happy that in Windows 10, I can still just not even look at the screen, hit the Windows key, and just type what I'm looking for if I know mm-hmm. it yes. and have it actually work. If they break yes. that, then I'm in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So if you have a round room, you can put your bendable OLED on your round room. I'm just watching the video. Yeah, the video is like more about like TVs and stuff. You got a round room in your house? Because I, I don't have a round room. I don't live in a uh, biosphere. Um, mm. One of the ones I wanted to put in here only because this was maybe one of the better documented step-by-step things I think I've seen in like two or three years. Uh, and it was line 168 in the notes. Um, goes over to a totally different website. Let me just come over here. Click paste. Dang it. Click paste. Come over here. So the people in the chat can see it too pragmaticlinux.com. Never heard of them before. Not going to say I like them, hate them, or whatever. But I will say this. They do a dang good job of explaining what they're doing, why they're doing, and then they take you step-by-step on how to do it. And the article is Move the Raspberry Pi Root File System to a USB Drive. And they literally start by the background of it, what you would need to do it, the uh, overview of the par um par um partitions on your SD card. There's typically two. One is boot. One is root FS. They go through what each partition is, why it is, what it is. They tell you how to scan your USB drive. They tell you the unmount commands, and they tell you step by step by step how to create the partition on your USB drive and how to do the moving in unbelievable plain English is the way I'll put it. This is one of the better tutorials i think i've seen in my life regarding a raspberry pi that uh, i'll tell you what as a tutorial that is really impressive the only thing that could make it better is if they had a complete screen capture video showing everything but damn good well i'll I'll say that shows you the age of the person making this they're not like a teenager because they would have just recorded a youtube video and told you to go to hell um this is somebody who's been around the block i'm going to guess at least a couple times where they like their stuff to be searchable. All right. I, I got to call out one here. I When I saw this in the notes, I'm like, what the heck? Uh, let's see. What line am I on? It's the ESP Flix. Line 166, I believe. I think it is line 166. I'm sorry. I clicked through to it. 
So if we're looking at the same thing, now you can use your ESP32 as a set-top box for streaming video. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to say I don't believe them. I'm I'm guessing it might be extremely low quality. I haven't looked at, you know, it didn't say 60 frames a second, 1080p. I I don't know. I just keep thinking, how in the hell does this thing have the bandwidth mm -hmm. in order to do it? Because an ESP uh, isn't a lot of juice. Um, you know, it's it looks like it might be 480p uh, with like 60 frames a second. That's still cool AF, but um, yeah, that's. <laughs> well, it's only the first step, so you know two things are going to happen. It's going to be become more efficient and be able to do to to do more over time. Yeah, and I was I was put like this. Somebody like me with bad vision, that's <laughs> you know <laughs> that kind of uh, resolution is perfectly acceptable. Oh, oh I, I, that's where you're going with that. that yeah, crazy. I thought that was cool. And that one Kudos was from, them. and that link was provided to me from Brent, uh, who will try to be on again next week. Well, good find, Brent. That is very, that is crazy. All right, so Brent tinkers more in the ESP realm of stuff. Um, you know, where I do some ESP stuff, but I mostly Raspberry Pi or I would say single board computer type stuff, e even though you could say ESP32 stuff is single board computing, but they're it's kind of minimalist. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like comparing C sharp code to assembly code. And mm -hmm. I hate saying it like that. Yes. Um, Raspberry Pi is more of a full fledged computer and Correct. ASP is closer to Arduino type stuff. Um, yes. I will say it did take me, it did take me a couple days just to get the damn code editor um, installed on my rig. No. No. Well, no, no. It's because I didn't know what the hell I'm doing. And oh. the actual website for my Tika watch told me nothing. Um, literally told me nothing. I had no idea what I was doing. So well, I was like, pull the watch up again. I want to see that. Uh, it's just a little like $30 um, ESP driven oh, cool. smartwatch. Uh, but when it comes from the factory, there's like nothing on it. And all it does is tell the time. Um, so you have to literally program everything yourself else. The Arduino IDE. I got running. I had to download the extra libraries, did that, figured out how to uh, add the extra. Uh, it was a stream and then create the correct hardware profile and connect it. Now I'm at the point where I can start writing code and flashing things to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that the ramp up, uh, if you haven't done it before and you're kind of, if there was a good documentation, yeah, you're, you're really screwed. Well, it could be worse is what I'll say. Okay, um, there's easily 50 more links in the notes. The only one I just want to mention just offhandedly, because I do believe personally that many computers maybe best are uh, in the normal home atmosphere are best at being HTPCs, home theater computing devices, where you literally just set it next to a screen, plug it up, and you can either full screen YouTube Twitch, play old games, Netflix, Android, or whatever. Uh, but one of the things that used to be really prevalent when we talked about home theater PCs and single board computers and like C1s, Odroid C1s and stuff was running um, Kodi on it. Uh, I don't know about you. I haven't ran Kodi on anything in easily a year. And this article is from Gizmodo UK where it says pirates don't care about Kodi anymore, says 
re um, reup ports. And I know the people I talk to who go out of their way to get the content they want by their means haven't used Cody for maybe two years. So I I'm not sure what that statistic means. And I've you know kind of booted Cody, tried it, and that was it. You know, I smoke tested it. Um, does that mean the market is saturated? Or if you had a vibrant market for a product, would people continually search that term? I think, in, in my experience, uh, the Cody ecosystem um, could not keep up with the streams and feeds. Uh, right, first where... off, that ecosystem confused me to no end. I, I'm not going to say it, it, it doesn't. Um, it takes a while to learn it, and then it's never up to date. Uh, when you find something that works on Cody, you're guaranteed it's going to stop working in under three months. Um, it's okay. much easier to just go to a website that you know of, click a link, click a link, and have and then full screen the video and have it work right in your browser, whether it be First Row Sports or another site displaying, whether it be UFC, American football, European soccer, or anything else. Well, I, I mean, I got my Plex running, but occasionally I have a hiccup, and I'm trying to figure out how to resolve one of the hiccups right now, is I have a bunch of stuff downloaded, but it's not doing, you know, whatever the helper process is that after it downloads something and moves it, it's not doing it. And I thought it was a permissions issue, but it apparently is not. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, well, I mean, we've only been going live for 25 minutes, but we actually have almost an hour's worth of content recorded, Rich. Yokey doke. Uh, another link I wanted to put in the notes was, um, where was it? Was, uh, alternative choices to Raspberry Pis, I want to say. Huh. Looking at the Goog, I don't see an easy way to do bottom to top searching. That's a pain in the butt. No. Okay, here it is. Um, it's from It's False, line 148 in the notes and it is entitled tiny yet useful 13 raspberry Pi zero alternatives that cost less than 20 bucks. I hope it costs less than 20 bucks because a raspberry Pi is less than 20 bucks. Um, but they at least give you some choices out there on, uh, what you can use. There's the banana pie, uh, BPI M20, which has been out for a little bit of while, is rock solid. I've heard from multiple people. 18 bucks. They go through all the specs. There's the even smaller Banana Pie BPI M2 Magic, which is literally like half the size or a third the size of a Raspberry Pi, it looks like. Goes through all of its specs. And then it just keeps going on and on and on to orange pies, uh, a couple orange pies, in fact. Uh, so I'll say if you want choice, you want diversity. Uh, you can go for one of these pages. It'll be in the notes. Uh, NanoPi Neo LTS looks really good as well. Um, I love all these choices. I love all these companies putting out all these different things that can do different things. There's the La Frida, which I will say, uh, I think has really good IO choices. Uh, and there's a classic Onion Omega 2 Plus, which is the really cool modular system where you can keep adding on different functionality w w with different boards. All right, here's one that deserves an honorable mention. 999, let's see, the name is the Zero Pi, and it has gigabit Ethernet, 
I'm not sure what you're going to do with that Giggity. Oh, it says it supports OpenWRT, but it has Gig Ethernet, a USB port, um, and that's pretty much it. So I, one of these things I, I would say about uh, a large swath of these items is buyer beware, because a lot of them are not quad-core and less than a gig of RAM. A lot of them are 512 gigs of RAM. So if you have an app that doesn't need a gig of RAM, doesn't need quad-core, yes, this is a good deal. Yeah, and then I have to say the honorable mention, the first time I believe I heard about this board was actually from Lord Drakenblut. Uh, and it is the V-O-C-O-R-E-2 Vocore. Uh, it basically is the size of like a large processor, is the way I'll put it, a square, and it costs 17 bucks. Um, it was like the one of the first all-in-one super micro computers uh it runs a mips processor only 128 gigs of ram uh it, it says it has an ethernet port it doesn't it has the solder points to where you can add an ethernet port or wireless uh, I, I i don't think the wireless was on board maybe it was um either way this to me was like the ultimate i want a super low profile hacker type board and with it running MIPS, you definitely has, have less, less choices than running any other Pi or any other computing platform. Uh, okay, and 128 mega RAM. So cool board, very specific what you want to do with it. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, what's the easiest way uh, people can catch up with you there, Rich? Uh, you can find me at flyingrich.com or youtube.com slash flyingrich or on the grams, uh, flyingrich underscore official. Very cool, very cool. If anyone wants to send us a email, it's very easy, minipc at pons.com, Patreon at patreon.com slash the minipc show. Uh, I want to thank uh, everybody who called me out because there's more than a couple of people who called me out. We're on this show. Apparently, I said I wouldn't use Sync thing because it wasn't open. I would rather use BitTorrent Sync. Many people correctly called me out. I was actually completely backwards in my logic and thinking. Sync thing is the one that is completely open source where BitTorrent Sync was not. Um, either way, I'm using NextCloud for now. Um, I like the modularity of it. I like the fact that I can do more with it. So uh, thanks everyone for sending in an email, making sure that I correct that. Sorry, I forgot to correct it till the end of the show. Um, and I'll say again, thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for participating. Uh, thanks for coming out red. Thanks for coming out chatter. Aaron, always good to hang with you as well. Uh, Brett basically just missed us, had some stuff going on uh, in his life. Batchild, thank you very much for coming out with your dab in the YouTube notes. It doesn't go unnoticed. Um, and if you really want to support the show, don't leave us a review on any platform. That only helps the platform. If you want to help the show, send us an email, send us a voicemail, join us in one of our platforms. They're all listed in the notes. And I'll talk to everyone again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think.